You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 379, small venue gigs and the riots outside the front door, Kleenex and the patriarchy, and can Freddie Flintoff save Top Gear? It's all coming up after Credence Clearwater Revival and Fortunate Son. revived as the backdrop to commercials in the US encouraging registration and voting in the upcoming mm. midterm elections. Originally nearly 50 years ago a protest about American involvement in Vietnam from the third album I ever bought as a young boy. Oh. 1969 from the album Willie and the Poor Boys Credence Clearwater Revival and Fortunate Son. I do like them a great deal. Mm. I love that kind of late 60s Laurel Canyon kind of American political protest sort of sort of era. I think it's brilliant. You know, Crosby Stills Nash and Young as mm. well, Buffalo Springfield, that kind of stuff. I just, you know, I think it, and, and it, isn't it frightening? Well, heartening or frightening, I'm not sure which, how mm. relevant that still is. The fact that's being used in the voting commercial today. It's, 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 you know, it's, these elections in America are, are going to be huge, aren't they? I, it's it's going to be such an indication of, of, of where we are now at this midpoint you know i I, you know it's uh, unfortunately as a progressive i now uh, approach all elections with terror Mm. frankly um the brazilian results are due today and they may not be good for those of us who aren't fascists so um Mm. (laughs) we do walk amongst us (laughs) so 
so yeah, but, no, but, but you know, timely to hear that again. And I think the midterms may not go the way that we. Well, hope. I mean, it's we've we've seen. There's been some reports. Read this early. I mean, as an as a sort of a British person, I find this early voting thing very it's odd. odd isn't I mean, it? I, yeah, I, I, well, there, there's obviously a reason for it, and you know, mm. I'm not celebrating my own ignorance here. It is my own ignorance. It's not much of my understanding. I must read into it more. But mm. um, be interesting to hear. We have American listeners. If you can explain early voting to me and the reasons for it and how it works please do get in touch yes. with us but um but yeah it would be interesting because there are some places where you know there's been a lot of early voting this year huge amounts but it seems to have been split between democrats and republicans mm. so so i mean i put it this way i don't think the political debate has become any less polarized over there so um so you know let's let's see what happens i you know i hope on hope for good results for the democrats but they have got a huge task ahead of them so so you know they would that you know whatever they do it almost isn't going to be enough but let's see lock juliet up lock juliet up i was gonna say yes crooked harris yes now that was the third album i ever bought with Mm. record tokens for my birthday what were the first two jewels and biggest clue you'll ever need they were both the same group 1960s biggest group Um, in the world Beatles. beatles which two albums um, so I would say Sergeant Pepper was the first album I ever bought, and then the uh, second white one. White album? No. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. You did yeah. well. You did well. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode. Thank you for not patronising me, by the way. <laughs> oh, did that sound a bit patronising? <laughs> no, I'm only teasing oh, okay. you. It's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't worry. I'll edit that bit out. It wasn't meant to be. <laughs> yes, indeed. That will hit the country. Yes, well. that's right. It's episode 379. Um, no, you did do well because how would you know? You know, you were, it was 20 years. Before you were born, so yeah, I would yeah, say but you it's did my well. job to. I, I think it's my job to know this stuff, Terence. Episode three hundred and seventy-nine. I'm Terence Stackham, and she comes in colours everywhere. She combs her hair. She's like a rainbow. Is Juliet Harris? Ah, uh, absolutely. Yes, I'm painting the whole world with one. Mm. Hello. Well, it was. Only in the last episode, we were looking at the huge amounts of dollars being accrued by the mm. top artists and groups as they toured the world. But this yeah. week, we thought we'd look at the other end of the scale, prompted mm. in part by me attending a smallish gig in a smallish town outside London last weekend. And as I don't to go to too many such gigs these days, I'd like to know if my experience is typical. I, mean, I have to say, I always love your stories of going out into the world. I, 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 I fear and anticipate uh, them every time I know that one's coming up. It generally doesn't go well, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, this, this, it would take some way to, to top your uh, your sort of Orwellian experience in the police station queue and your, uh, yes. your writer's behaviour at the sculpture park. <laughs> That's right. I still have nightmares about that. I wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat about that. Never um, let it be said that I don't listen when we do this podcast i do try to a young person i know was top of the bill at a local venue Mm. so we thought we'd pop along it was such an uncomfortable evening um the young performer was absolutely magnificent but all through her set in a small venue people so what kind of venue was it was it a pub a pub a pub a pub but with a proper stage area and they host gigs most nights of the week so it's a it's a venue with a bar essentially i suppose but it is is a pub um she was magnificent but all through the set people were talking loudly meandering in and out to either smoke or vape and i really didn't like the vaping it was the clouds of what smelled oh, like like licorice 
all sorts was the... This cannot be good for people. I don't understand. I know it's meant to be an improvement on smoking, and it's meant, but the amount of smoke that is produced, it is alarming. We had a fire drill at work recently yeah. where we all had to leave the office, and one of our partners who vapes was stood next to me, and I pointed out there was more smoke coming out of her than there was the building at that point. There's a sickly sweet smell often as well. You it's, can it's buy flavours. So yeah, it was like, like licorice. Cherry and bubble gum and mm. god knows what it's it's it, a uh, ghastly business i'd say about 20 and i'm being generous out of maybe 60 people in the whole venue were paying some sort of attention to our Gosh, excellent performer yeah. the rest treated her set as a sort of oral wallpaper to their mm. evening now this is one of the reasons i was explaining to her afterwards um this is why I don't often go to these sort of gigs because honestly I get so annoyed I want to go round to everybody individually and say Mm. listen there's someone there performing Mm. for us just listen what I want to know was it paid for entrance no no free entrance okay yeah yeah. so yeah I take that could be a point but what yeah this is partly going to colour my reaction yeah well is this the new normal is really my, my question Jules is this what I should expect every time I go out to a small venue. Well, firstly, I am sorry for the young performer that she Mm. had to deal with that because I've played at open mic nights before and have been accompanied by people having conversations. Don't you think she sounds like Lily Allen? Someone Mm. said once when I was in the middle of which, don't get me wrong, I'm delighted with that comparison, but it was difficult to focus. Mm. Someone dropping plates because it was a cafe venue, dogs coming in and singing along. I actually really liked that. That, I was rather shown up by that dog who was excellent. But, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a tricky one. It's difficult. When you're in a even if you have got like a proper set up stage area mm. the difficulty is that if people have not paid to watch something mm. then there is always a risk that they have got that if they haven't gone to the pub specifically to watch it now i don't think it's right i think if someone's playing mm. you should you might amaze occasionally want to make a comment about the music to your friend as i sometimes mm. do but you know courtesy would demand you would think that you pay attention to someone but Frankly, nowadays, I'm and I don't mean I'm not, I'm not in agreement with this, but I'm not sure how realistic that is. If people have gone to the pub for a night out and someone happens to be playing, if people haven't gone for that specific purpose, then it is very easy. I'm not saying it's right, but it's very easy for them to kind of fall into this kind of chatty thing. One of the biggest kind of free gigs that I go to locally, there is a, a night that takes place once or twice a month in a pub called the Royal Standard uh, in Hastings, where I live, called the Frat Cave. Mm. They had a Halloween version last night called the Fright Cave, which I thought was rather good. <laughs> but um, they put on two bands, uh, usually, sometimes there's three, but usually there's two, and um, and uh, two or three DJs, and it's mostly garage rock-based. But the thing is, is that there is rarely talking, A, because the music is too loud, so maybe that is a tip. You know, if you're playing really loud, people cannot be heard over you. Mm. And secondly, because they are really good at promoting the night, and it is a branded night, you don't have to pay to get in, but the pub is arranged as such that if you didn't want to join in you could sit near the back and you would be at some sort of remove but because it is a well-branded night people go for the purpose of seeing the bands so and it's not a huge pub so so that works quite well in a way but yes i do i do share your frustration mm. you know we're having played at things before and um 
and i mean it, it, it largely depends on the layout of the pub venue but um but yeah it's it can be difficult if it is a free gig and and it is a pub that does i mean the thing is is that pubs are not although they might style themselves as music venues that is not their only purpose mm. it's not like she was playing in a very small theater or even a music venue if mm. you see what i mean so but then partly and we have talked about this before this is partly why i bang on about the loss of the toilet venue toilet sort of venue mm. circuit i mean a friend of mine keeps putting up his old gig kind of memorabilia because he's a big uh, fan of going to see live music and when he puts up all these listings because he was at university in leicester in the 90s so when he puts up all these listings of everyone that played the charlotte in leicester which was essentially a pub but it was it styled itself as a music venue that is what it did you know he used to go and see people like radiohead for four quid i mean it's ridiculous <laughs> and uh, and uh, and and many of those venues have gone now and so in a way you've we've ended up having to have this kind of compromise of small bands rather than playing music venues which people go to see the band and yes they might talk a bit during the band but you know that is why they're there we've now got this kind of compromise that doesn't really please anybody because you've got bands having to play in pubs which you know fulfill other functions as well people don't just go to the pub to watch music and it doesn't really it, it falls between many stools yeah i'll take your point i, I hadn't looked at it that way um so i i, I do um see your point there now the, there's a second part to this evening that i wanted to talk to you about because again mm-hmm. I, I want to know if this is a common experience the chief reason i haven't named the venue or the town is i don't want to cause any difficulties for the venue and its license as you say lord knows there's <laughs> yeah. you know few enough places for people to play these days the reason i'm saying is that is because um why i'm not naming it is because i want to briefly explain what happened towards the end of the set outside mm. the venue we were sitting by a window that looked out onto the street um mm. in a, a just sort of a, a, a road off the town center yeah and Suddenly, our attention was taken by <laughs> flashes of people. I'm already, I'm already grabbing the uh, yes. in, in anticipation. Flashes of people running about in the street. Then we noticed several fist fights taking place. <laughs> then a fellow came running into view, waving a huge block of wood around. <laughs> there, are, I know, I'm, I know, I'm in danger of sounding like one of those <laughs> older people who say, "Oh, you can't go into town centres anymore," but. I'm actually am becoming that exact person because you can't go into town centres anymore. <laughs> While all this was going on outside, with uh, by the way, the three bouncers of the pub looking on and taking no action. Maybe that's what well, they're well, supposed well, to do. Well, well done, chat. Yes. Well, maybe maybe they took the view that they were employed yeah. in the by the pub rather than necessarily as street. Possibly so. Maybe they've been told not to get involved. All the, while this is going on, our poor performer now is coming towards the end of her set. All oh, the people no. in the venue, now completely distracted, all came over to our window. And I was quite um, disappointed by their reaction because they were excitedly watching the mayhem on the street oh, and delightedly God. giving a sort of running commentary. Oh, look, there's a bloke with a block of wood. And um, eventually... A lone, very young policeman turned up on foot, on his own, and grabbed one lad by the arm and detained him. But while he was doing that, several fights were just continuing. Oh, and a group of young men did that gesturing thing that people do that they've seen in the movies where they kind of go, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, that kind of gesturing thing. And then eventually... um, I suppose about 15 minutes later, an ambulance turned up and then one more policeman in a car. And at this stage, we felt, well, it's probably safe enough to make a break for it back to our car and to get away from the scene. And 
I just want to know, is the, again, is this the new normal? Have we, how have we got to this, Jules? The lack of police is one thing, certainly. I know that's a strong argument. Where are the mm. police? But that doesn't excuse this sort of ad hoc sort of violence that flares up on the streets. Uh, is it alcohol, poor parenting, a changing culture? I, I'm, at, I'm at a loss. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, partly it's law and order breaking down because if you cut and cut and cut and cut the police, then guess what? There aren't any police and there aren't any... That there is less of a feeling when policemen are less. I hate this sort of political mm. cliche. Bobby's on the beat, but when the police mm. are less visible, obviously people feel see them as less of a threat. Um, I have experienced not that much, but um, what, so I, I'm happy to name the town. I live in Hastings. I live in the Hastings of St Leonard's area. Um, so there are various bits, bits and places where you can go out. Um, but there are different areas. So there's St Leonard's where I live, which doesn't have a sort of a, a club necessarily, but it does have a few sort of bars and pubs and things. Um, and then there is um, the other end of town is Hastings Old Town, which has a very vibrant music scene. That's where I do most of my places. And then there is one place in the centre of Hastings called the Printworks, where I carry out a lot of my a lot of my kind of business. And that's that's um, hidden away slightly down a side alley. But Hastings Town Centre. I will. People will literally do anything to avoid the new town centre God. because it is sort of you know huge, not mm. gangs exactly, but just you know just Ne'er drunk people. Yeah. yeah, well, or just drunk people mm. who just don't really have any sort of self control, and it just doesn't. Uh, queuing up for a taxi, the taxi rank every so often, I get caught out and have to do it, and I stand there, hold hugging my records close to my chest, mm. as you know, literally people throw chips at each other around me. It's pretty. It's it's pretty. Um, I predict a riot by the Kaiser Chiefs mm. is quite uh, is quite quite often pops into my head when it's when it's there. I, I can remember incidents. Just and and this is where there was. I can't remember who it was, but someone wrote a really, really good thread. I think it was Rob Francis, actually, on Medium, about the, the 70s particularly and how you're sort of growing up his overarching memory of that decade is just violence everywhere, particularly the late 70s and the early mm. 80s when you sort of, you know, the, the, the race riots and that sort of thing mm. and, and poll, not poll tax um, Brixton and, and stuff like mm. that and and just, you know violence in schools, violence everywhere and it, I mean, in many ways it feels like we're slipping back to those days at the moment with some of the stuff that's going on politically over here and it hasn't doesn't happen very often but occasionally violence it just bubbles up in front of you and you and 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 you don't see it coming and you just think you know it's just jaw-dropping i haven't experienced much but i remember so this was 2009 when i moved back into hastings and i moved into a house share with three people and me and the other guy went out we both lived he lived in st leonard's previously and i was living in living with my parents so we we went out for a drink and we decided to go to a pub in hastings old town but one of the uh one of the more town centrey type pubs. I mean, we sat there having a drink and chatting, and I remembered it as a pub that had done lots of scar nights when I was younger. So I have rather fond memories of it. And there was a pool room at the back, and all of a sudden, apropos of nothing, two men tumbled out of the pool room and into the main bar. And one was chasing the other with a snooker cue. They mm. were both dripping with blood, and um, one ran away. The one that was the bloodiest kind of stumbled up towards the bar where a barmaid started to sort of help him. And I qualified as a solicitor the week before, so I, or I was about to qualify as a solicitor a week later. So I was absolutely racked with terror that mm. the police were going to turn up. At which point someone said they have rung the police. Um, 
one of the uh, one of the barmaids said to the man that was covered in blood, "Oh, you better go." So he then ran away out of the back entrance. At which point, the police pulled up at the front and came in and said, "What's going on?" And everyone went, "Oh, nothing. Why are you here? Nothing's happened at all." And at which point, we then ran out of the back entrance because I just didn't want to get yeah. involved in it. But these uh, again, I was DJing in Hastings Old Town in, the, in a bar where I often do DJ, and. It's often quite busy, but it's usually quite good-natured. And then one night, for no apparent reason, there was just this massive fight in the middle of the bar of two men trying to whack each other. And it, and it was literally somebody shouted, leave it down. It was that proper mm. cliche of a fight. And this, and I agree with the bar staff that I would keep playing. Otherwise, it really would be like setting out of a Western week. And then, you know, literally stop, stop the music. But we had to at one point, because in the middle of this fight, a man next to the fight, who was watching the fight, was so drunk that he then fell backwards and knocked one of the turntables aside oh, so no. so occasionally and this is what is so odd about it most of the time it's by and large okay but whenever you get a lot of alcohol involved it, you know it, it's frightening how violence is, is under the surface mm. but it never goes away it's just under the surface but the moments where it bubbles up are really frightening i think unless of course you have taken a load of beer and find it exciting but if you are in the middle of it just trying to live your life it's not exciting at all no and as you as you say uh, your experience mirrors mine in that it sort of seems to come from nothing one minute we were sitting by a window um just sort of enjoying what we could of the the gig and then suddenly there's a melee out of nothing I don't buy, though, this thing about um, lack of police resources. I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, there are insufficient police being employed to do their job. I totally agree with that. But let me put it this way. If you or I were walking around this town that I'm referring to, or Hastings, and somebody said to us, oh, by the way, all the police of the entire town, indeed the entire county, are on strike today. There's mm. no police at all. Your and my first thought wouldn't be, well, hey, that's great news. Now we can loot some shops, we can smash some windows, we can punch some people. We just wouldn't do it. (laughs) I mean, there are one or two people I would nominate, but no, I do see your point. I probably don't. You know, I mean, I know I'm often holier than thou, but I really can be on this situation in my entire rather now lengthy life. (laughs) I was going to say, there's some material to work with. I've never punched anybody in my entire life. Long that is a life. good record. Respect. So if you, you know, if you, it's not could, one that I can match, I'm afraid. But never oh mind. But if we 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 could walk around a town like that, why is it that certain? And I'm afraid it's generally young men. It's never women. It's I suppose we've got the big clue from what you said. It's alcohol related, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is. It alcohol related. And just this weirdly, uh, I hope this doesn't worsen, but it probably mm. will, this weirdly unsettling time that we're mm, living in, this, this, this restless time. I know. Coming next, you can't get Kleenex man-sized tissues anymore. <laughs> is, it politi- is it political correctness gone mad? No, that's from it after Nina Simone. Myself after the last romance, but I wouldn't give it a second chance. They say if you seek, you should find, and I know how true that is. Cause the closer I get to you, baby, yeah, you're driving me. 
listening to loads of Nina Simone recently but I'd never really come across that until I was listening to Six Music the other day and Sean Keaveney played it on the breakfast show and it literally started as I, as I turned the ignition key in the car and mm. oh it was I just love it I could just listen to it forever I'm a huge huge fan of Nina Simone her, her voice just whenever I'm going through a sort of stage in my life or, or even just my week where I, <laughs> I'm not quite sure of something or I need to order my thoughts there is something about the kind of endless truth of Nina Simone's voice that does actually get me get me kind of you know sort of back into order and the thing i love about this in particular that it doesn't do anything really the tune it's just the kind of a funk riff that just rotates over and over again and nina simone's voice she's almost thinking over the top of it isn't she really her her, her vocal doesn't do a lot in itself it's quite a conversational vocal but it's just so good and she does that, that lovely moment at the end where she does one of her long notes as I explained to my friend when we listened to it in the car the other day where it just she just goes and then that organ kind of comes in it, it, it's just a joyful record I think I saw her at the festival hall just a couple of years before she died oh, did and, 
it was a mistake. She came across as rather oh, okay. forbidding. Um, she wasn't happy. She was in a very bad right. mood, and her voice wasn't great, and she couldn't oh, walk very well either. She was, you know, almost needing to be helped because stage. So, in a way, I wish I hadn't gone. It's a bit like uh, I saw Sinatra not mm. long ago. I wish I hadn't gone to either, really, because I'd rather, in this case, remember her from you know her real sort of glory days yeah, in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, her real period of, of brilliance. Last week, uh, when Kira Knightley said she. Uh, banned her three-year-old daughter from watching certain Disney films, including. I mean, I have to say, I I, I didn't quite expect Kira Knightley's sudden pop up in terms into, with... into, into feminism, but I'm enjoying it very much. I must say, I'm yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm kind of with her a bit because it, she's including Snow White and Cinderella, and it's it perhaps expected that the whole political correctness gone mad scene would follow. But it's been very interesting that other actors have come out in support. Kristen Bell uh, this week said that mm. she too finds Snow White disturbing and that the prince kisses Snow White without permission also of course in Cinderella the only way that Cinderella can improve her life is by waiting around for a rich guy to to bubble Uh, the the other source of uh, Keira Knightley's ire as well was the Little Mermaid Mm. Um, the idea that you give up your voice for a man and I I did enjoy it Keira Knightley's unexpectedly brusque brusque Mm. manner in describing this Cinderella banned Little Mermaid (laughs) now you're not giving your voice up for a man I thought oh wow this this is pretty mega actually nice one Yes. Now, this week, Waitrose, the supermarket here in the UK, said that they're to change the name of uh, one of their sandwiches, which is called Gentleman's Smoked Chicken Caesar Roll. Uh, <laughs> which is a needlessly uh, ornate l- title anyway. Very much so. Because Marks and Spencer's a run for its money. I got a complaint from Amy LeMay, who wondered why a sandwich should be gender-specific. But in, in news, um, in, in news <laughs> terms, all of these stories have been overshadowed this week by the news that Kleenex will change the name of their man-sized tissues to extra-large after complaints that the man-sized name is sexist. Um Somehow, I don't think these brands mind these stories very much at all. There's a sort of massive publicity oh, money can't no buy. Oh, there's no such thing as bad publicity here, is there, really? But, but, Jules, is this all part of the ongoing demolition of the pa- uh, the patriarchy, or is it indeed political <laughs> correctness gone mad? Ah, the ongoing demolition Ooh. of the patriarchy. My next solo record available <laughs> in all shops soon. Um, no, I am. Um, it's funny this, isn't it? Because I, I, I flip a little bit. I mean, obviously, um, who I am and what I do and my politics would put me. You know, I am one of those political correct horrible people. I'm. I am one of those PC bar stewards. But having said that. I flip from position to position on this. I, I'm floating around the kind of centre of, you know, was, was it ever? Did they ever need to be called man-sized tissues in the first place? No, I, I don't think so. And and you know, yes, that was rooted in the idea that something, you know, that, that to be man-sized is to be kind of big and you know and actually you need I regret... a dainty little pocket yes, tissue that's I'm what not, you I'm need not, uh, i have to say i regret not picking man size by pj harvey <laughs> as one of the tunes on the yes. on the podcast whether it would have been it would have been news appropriate but um mm. I, I i so it's so a part of me thinks you know well people that get angry for change that well sometimes it is good that mm. things change and it is good that stuff evolves and that stuff doesn't stay the same forever and sometimes there is such a thing as progress that's that's that side of things and then the other side of me then thinks yeah, but the problem is, is that by insisting on everything like this being changed, when you know, yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think it needed to be man-sized in the in the in the first place, and I don't think change is a bad thing. But by changing small things like this, which then blow up, are you then giving sucker to the it's political mad correctness mm. gone mad um a bit a brigade? And and this phrase that we always use is this the hill that you want to die mm. on? Really, the problem is, is that if you expend your political capital on the and political with a small p. Mm. 
capital on this, do you then have any left to spend on the Me Too movement, which you could argue is is a far more important and productive use of time then at the same time feminism is this idea that, that of a, we want to change in attitude at every level so i don't know I, I don't quite know where to fall down on this one i think there are arguments on both sides well i really do support these changes because just because something has been in place a long time yeah, i don't think doesn't mean it can't be challenged and many of these disney stories have traditionally ride on relied on a weak feeble woman yeah, rescued by I, a I dynamic I, handsome man yes yeah, so no no about the tissues. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll talk about the tissues as well. But it, it kind of feels stale and tiresome in 2018 to promote such a view that women are essentially hopeless figures who can't make their own way in life. Mm-hmm. Now, it may seem a bit overboard to focus on, um, what did I say, a sandwich, or um, I was thinking like croque-monsieur in mm. a restaurant, or housewife pillowcases, both of which... Oh, that, are... that particularly annoys me. I, I mean, I've never heard of them until a few years ago, and all of my sort of friends of my generation are like, why on earth would you ever call it that? We just find it completely ersatz. And they absolutely exist, you know, croque-monsieur on menus and housewife pillowcases in drapery departments to this day. Um but they, yes, of course, they are all little niggles. But I think they add up to the consequences mm. of how women are viewed and treated. It's it's tedious. And I think based on, actually, it's some sort of psychological fear that some people can't accept that um, being racist, homophobic or misogynist it isn't a blow. That's not no. being a blow for the anti-PC brigade. It's just being outdated, cruel and wrong. So starting with the smaller scenarios, tissues sandwiches and pillowcases it, it, it create it creates a platform where it becomes normal then not to treat women as men's plaything well, or yeah, the portrayal of portrayal of women or or indeed anyone as yeah. secondary and not worthy of equal respect so if it is political correctness i, I you know i'm all for it excellent and, and i'm very pleased and actually yeah i mean i i I hope that is the case. I really hope that is the case. I will defend the croc monsieur very briefly, though, <laughs> on the basis that there is a croc madame as oh, well, right. yes. and it's not actually an inferior sandwich. It just has different. <laughs> it just has different ingredients. So I'm I'm trying to look up now what they. Are. I think one of them might have ham in when the other doesn't. But um. But so so it is a croc monsieur. But there isn't a there isn't but a. Equivalent. Why make one? Why name it? in terms of a gender like the Waitrose gentleman smoked chicken yes, Caesar I'm, roll I'm not sure. a croque monsieur is a, is a baked or fried boiled ham and cheese sandwich Oof. okay fine mm. I just want to get to the bottom of this Terence that's okay. all I want to do okay, a croque madame um, is a baked or um, uh, is a variant of the dish topped with a fried egg so, so you see actually, you girls can't handle the, the ham you well, know. no, we can. It's, yeah. it's, it's. Uh, it, I believe it is the same, mm-hmm. but it has an extra egg. Yeah, an egg so, actually, if anything, you could argue that this, this is indisputable proof that women, <laughs> women are superior to men because you, you get more for your money out of, out of a crock, madame. <laughs> Time for yet another change of presenters for the TV show Top Gear. Have the BBC learned their lesson? Have they appointed a woman? Nah. Uh, that's next after Casey Musgraves.
The new single from her current outstanding album, Golden Hour, uh, Billboard, Entertainment Weekly, The Guardian, Rolling Stone and Time have all voted it as mm. one of the best albums of 2018. Number, I must listen to it. It's, it's, it's very, very good. Number four mm. on Billboard, number six in the UK from the album, uh, Golden Hour. That's Casey Musgraves and Slow Burn. And mm. um, huge thanks to listener and friend of the podcast, Niall Brannigan, for pointing the album my way. I wouldn't have heard it if he hadn't said, I think you'll enjoy this. And he was right. 
People do look after us, don't they? Do. I'm very yeah. grateful for the, um, well, the, the PC Massive, PC standing for Paris <laughs> Council here. Very good. Mm. Yes, another week of change at the BBC, as we predicted a couple of weeks ago. The BBC Radio 2 pairing of Simon Mayo and Joe Wiley has bitten the dust after an awkward summer, lacking any form of mm. chem- chemistry. Well, yes, who, who would have seen that coming? Answer only anybody with eyes. <laughs> or ears as well. Yes, or, or, or combinations of the two thereof. And on BBC Television, the corporation is trying yet another reboot of the show Top Gear, uh, a struggle they've been battling with since yes. the punch-up incident which saw Clarkson, <laughs> May and the other bloke... And the uh, spaghetti or lack thereof. Yes, uh, uh, head for the riches at Amazon Prime. Now, after a disastrous series with Chris Evans and a reasonable go at it from Matt LeBlanc, two new presenters were revealed this week, Freddie Flintoff, Paddy McGuinness, and they lined up for the publicity shots with the remaining presenters presenter Chris Harris. It was like they'd been styled for Lads TV, Lads with a Z or a Z. Um, Mm. All three wearing T-shirts, leather blouson, and staring down the camera like they were modelling for the autumn (sighs) collection from Bowdoin or Cotton Traders. So here we are, Jules, two more leathery blokes, no doubt full of banter and old-school jokes and jokes. Yeah, here here comes banter claws once again. What's the point? Well, you know, this is one of those topics where I'm going to have to think of something to say on this, but I'm in total agreement, really. I think what is a bit of a shame, and it's interesting to know where this is audience-driven. So Top Gear had been going as a format for some years before um, Clarkson and May and Hammond took over. And, you know, it it, it did pretty well. I mean, it had its place, Top Mm. Gear, before them. And, you know, I I remember as a young... It hasn't hasn't always been a serious program i can still remember a seven or eight year old absolutely delighting in watching the caravan destruction derby that took place and uh, begging my parents for us to buy a caravan for that purpose afterwards mm. they were these were motorhome caravans these were literally you saw how cardboardy they were during the caravan destruction derby you know, it's, it's not big it's not clever but it was incredibly funny to an eight-year-old which perhaps sums up top gear's problem i don't know but um <laughs> but once those three took over it then they became bigger than the show if you see what I mean. The show grew to match their profiles, which of course meant after they left, I think people sort of lost sight of the fact. I mean, I'm no fan of them at all, but I think they lost sight of the fact that actually it was them that elevated Top Gear to something that was really kind of successful. And I quite, although the BBC did, there was much pumped up about Chris Evans, the BBC did try to sort of announce a presenting team of seven people. And that team of seven people that were sort of in all the publicity together included a a man of colour who's still on the show and um, and a woman and i remember thinking at the time oh this is really i really like this is really progressive then of course as with everything that chris evans ever does he's just his ego completely took over and it didn't work and you know it was always going to be difficult for them to let it bed down but you know that's not chris evans's style and he then left and I, I quite I used to quite enjoy I actually got to the point where I quite enjoyed watching it with Matt LeBlanc I really liked his style him and the other guy they were re- and Chris I really liked their kind of I thought it worked really well and I'm sorry when he was announced he was leaving but you know, I, I just, like you, I find this kind of radio lads, I mean, it's almost radio XFM style stuff, isn't it, really? Mm. And I've, mm. I just find it really, 
off-putting actually and it's and it's a shame that the bbc feels that they have to pander to what feels like the lowest common denominator with the kind of top gun they're desperately trying to recreate the laddie era of clarkson and may and, and harrison and you know the 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 the, the bants hammond mm. sorry and the, the bants that, that that comes in but actually it, all of them are quite cle- I mean I don't agree with them at all but uh, in most cases but all of them are quite clever people James May's uh, programs about sort of mm. kids toys and then building things I found really interesting because I have some level of foresight about them and, 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 and some level of intelligence and I mean Clarkson yeah I, I can't stand the bloke but you know he writes in the Telegraph he's got you know he, they, they have some level of articulacy about them mm. and I do feel the BBC have kind of missed the point and just gone for you know, I don't have any huge objections to to to, to Andrew, uh, quote unquote, Freddie Flintoff. Although that tells a story, doesn't it? And um, and Paddy McGuinness. But there is just something. There's just they could completely prove me wrong, but there just seems to be something so unimaginative about it that it just seems to be kind of you know way rather than any kind of subtlety. Which I know that people don't necessarily associate Clarkson and, and Hammond and May with subtlety, but there, it was there. I hate to admit it, but it was there. And I'm sorry that rather than try and um, rather than try and persevere with the idea that Top Gear is just a program it's not a massive thing the other three chose to go off and do their own massive thing elsewhere you know that's their choice but i'm sorry that the bbc didn't continue down its road of trying to build a program with an interesting and varied presenting team um which had you know in was was actually nice to watch because i you know it's not gardener's world or country farm my favorite calming television of all mm. time but um you know, it, it was it was more interesting to watch with with Matt and Chris in in charge because yes, they did do daft things like going these driving challenges and stuff, but it, it wasn't. I I felt that Matt LeBlanc was entertaining without actually really having to try that much. He just had a charisma and a charm about him that seemed to work. And you know, I think the B, the BBC would do well to kind of treat the Hammond Clarks and Mayer as the lucky fluke that it sort of was for them really and to just focus on what Top Gear is rather than constantly trying to make it something which you can't make that, it just happened In the last ten seconds I've just realised that if you change the two new presenters names round you get McGuinness Flint off Ah, very, very good. I had the joy of seeing Tom Tom yeah. McGuinness perform as part of the Manfreds earlier this week. And indeed, yes, whatever happened to Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, oh, that, I, I presume that the producers of that programme will be Gallagher and Niall. Uh, <laughs> Flintoff and McGuinness, they're both from central casting, as you say, for the role. But I think they're from central casting as it might have been seen 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a viewer. I'm not really interested. I, I confess uh, right here. But I understand that these days Top Gear is less and less what you were talking about a minute ago about a a review show uh, about the performance of new cars on the market and more to do as um, promoted by uh, Clarkson, May and the other fellow as um, a kind of lads day out, an ageing set of lads at that, but rather childish and pure old pranks as they are set meaningless tasks to race from A to B. So perhaps um, these old school Two, uh, Flintoff and McGuinness, or now as I'm always going to think of them, McGuinness Flint off. Mm. Maybe they are the right fit for such roles. But as with Evans, the BBC seems to be appointing flimsier versions of Clarkson and chasing the personality of someone who's already left the room and is disappearing over the horizon. Um, 
It seems like a, a, a flawed strategy to me. However, I suppose if you are a fan of Bants and Lols and Leather Blue Saw, then you know maybe your dreams will come true here. Uh, mm, I mean, you know, there, there must... Who knows? There must be some sort of audience out there for it. But be interesting to see how large it is. I I wonder if I if I'm onto something. Really, the Glocks and Hammond uh, May thing. That I think that that because they weren't there was a little bit more to them than just you know mucking about. They did have some level of knowingness about them. Maybe that pulled in a wider audience because it was sort of okay to like them because they were a bit clever. If you see what I mean, they had they mm. had that veneer of middle class respectability. I don't know. Um, Jules, when you're not blowing your nose this week on dainty little handbag-sized <laughs> tissues... Yeah, absolutely. Lady tissues, yeah. Mm, where can we catch you this coming week? Well, um, I, I'm working on the basis that you won't be attending my charitable trustees meeting. Um, you, uh, I, I think not. the plan is is that me and my bandmate, uh, Sarah, we play as Go Bo We are releasing our debut um, mini-album soon, and we are playing a couple of gigs coming up. Um, I think we're planning to be at the Lantern Society open mic night this Thursday, the first at the Primworks in Hastings. It's run by um, Hannah Lou and Trevor Moss. Um, they're great performers. They really are. And, um, and you know, they always put on a good band it's a really nice atmosphere so i recommend attending that anyway and then uh, but before that i will be returning to the airways with indie one land on barricade radio 8 10 p.m barricaderadio.com indie alt rock and miscellaneous if you do go to see juliet's band please don't vape all through the performance oh, absolutely. Or... if you could not have a fight outside no blocks of wood mm. no please no thanks to you for listening yeah, always thanks to you. I mean, who knows why you're here, but thank you for still continuing to turn up for us. <laughs> and thanks to executive producers Rona and Hilly. Thank you very much so. Playing out Jaws with a track where we have to spot the sample. Yes, indeed. Um, you do please tweet in with your with your guesses mm. afterwards. Um, really like this. Um, heard it in the summer and it instantly spotted the sample. I thought, oh, I never knew that they'd use that for that. Um, I like this a lot. Um, I played him as part of my set last night. Not this, but his version of Watermelon Man. Big fan of Herbie Hancock. And uh, this from the Blow Up soundtrack is uh, Bring Down the Birds.
You have been listening to a DAC Media Production.